start. So are y'all ready for week two of Wake Up? I don't feel it. I don't feel it. So look at your neighbor and very bo- boisterously tell them, wake up! Now, 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 look at your second choice and tell them the same thing. Wake up! Last week, we opened up this series talking about mental health. Wake up to mental health. Uh, I got more comments, more texts, more emails about that message than I have a message in a very long time. And it only made me realize even more the need for this in church and that it's time for the church to start talking about it and taking it seriously. And so I didn't want to just be somebody that talked about it, share my experiences with it, and then forget about it. So I reached out, uh, I think it was Tuesday, to Melinda. I sent her a message said, hey, would you be interested because I know her passion for this ministry because she, like myself, has walked through a lot of it. And I said, would you be interested in helping us head up this ministry, a new ministry here at Watts Bar Church? And she said, by all means. So next thing I know, she has reached out to her brother, who I believe is on staff at Gateway in Dallas, uh, and said, hey, how does y'all's church, what ministry, could you help us get one started? So I, I believe, uh, here, here's what I know. And I, I said this a few weeks ago. I don't believe that we were called as Christians to just ride this pandemic out, lay low. And while a lot of other churches are just trying to survive, this will be the second new ministry we started during this because I believe God is calling us to speak life. Amen. So we'll be giving you more information about that as it comes up. Uh, Here we go. Let's jump into today's message. Anybody know anyone that suffers, I'm going to try to say this right, somnambulism. Anybody know anybody that suffers from that? Some of you will know it, of course. Our doctor. I know what it is. Sleep. It's sleepwalking. Anybody Anybody know anybody that suffers from sleepwalking? Two people. I find that hard to believe. Listen, you're going to have to wake up. Anybody know anybody, or maybe you yourself have been known to sleepwalk, sleep talk. Hey, my brother Casey is a notorious sleepwalker. He has been known to go through the house and turn all the lights, or my favorite, go into a room, your bedroom that you're in, turn the lights on, and then just stand there at the door. Yeah, it's like a creepy, scary movie. You're just hoping he hasn't been and got a butter knife or something from eating. Because uh, he has been known to wander outside. He has been known to wake up in a different bed in the same house. I know somebody else like, I've been known to do that. But different, scenari- <laughs> but different scenarios. Come on. Uh, he, but, but what he's notorious for, oh, thank you, Ben, is sleep eating. This is true. His wife will tell you that, uh, and, and so will his kids. It's not unusual to get up the next morning, go to the kitchen to find that the refrigerator's been raided, the cabinets have been raided, there's bowls of cereal laying out, there's wrappers from Swiss Miss Rose, where he's, or Swiss Rose, where he's found them because the kids hide them from him. Um, 
And true story, one time he said he dreamed, uh, he, he had a dream that he ate, ate a giant marshmallow and woke up and the pillow was gone. Uh, okay, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> it could be. But he did, he did was sleepwalking one night and took a bite out of a Hershey-scented candle. <laughs> so sleepwalking. Uh, uh, I, I was told uh, growing up, uh, What's the one thing you should never do to a sleepwalker? That's what we were told. Don't wake them up. But experts now say, listen, one of the most dangerous things you can do is not wake them up. Is allow them to keep moving, keep going on that pattern. I can only remember one time when I was very young uh, that I was awakened while I was sleepwalking. My dad actually woke, up, woke me up. Uh, I, I remember I, I got up to go to the restroom and I remember the voice of my dad, Kelly, what are you doing? And I woke up and realized I was peeing in my brother's motorcycle helmet. <laughs> I may or may not have been sleepwalking. So, no. <laughs> but, and it's one of those things, those things are, are, are humorous and we can laugh. But I believe there's an epidemic that has been going on in the church and is going on in the church even more now, what I would call spiritual sleepwalking. Let me give you my definition of what spiritual sleepwalking is. It is the tendency to sleepwalk through life, to sleepwalk through a marriage, to sleepwalk through being a parent of mom and dad to your kids, to sleepwalk through church, to sleepwalk through your relationship with God. What I'm talking about is when you just go through the motions of these things. You're just going. Anybody ever been on a drive? You're traveling from somewhere, and you know the route very. You know it like the back of your hand, and you're so tired, you start nodding off, start nodding off, and then and you and suddenly you realize I don't remember passing that bridge or that exit that I'm used to. And why? You're you're going through the motions. You've got so used to the routine that now you're just going through the motions. Uh, and, and what happens is you, you see these people that are sleepwalking. It looks like they're aware. It looks like they're awake, but they're not. They're not. Anybody ever slept through an alarm? Come on, hang Oh, listen. Half, 90% of you, I guarantee. How, how many of this... You, uh, that alarm goes off and you hit that snooze button like you're playing a drum solo. <laughs> it's like, come on. My, my wife will be like, for the love of God, Kelly, either get up or turn it off. Come on. Because I will. I'll, I'll hit it. I'll hit it. And I'll set my alarm like 30 minutes before I know I'm supposed to get up because I know I'm going to go through that routine. Come, am I alone in that? Come on now. You bunch of heathens. Here we go. The people who sleepwalk, appear to be awake. They appear to be functioning as normal. They appear to be, but they're just going through the motions. I find uh, a lot of times, and Denise and I, when we'll counsel marriages, the biggest problem is now they're just going through the motions of being married. Just going through the motions, coming home. We got people that are going through the motions of being a parent. They're not really engaging with their kids. We got people that are uh, going through the motions at their job. It's just routine. You just show up, do what you do, and go home. And the sad thing is we got a lot of people going through the motions when it comes to their relationship with God. The thing about this is, man, they appear to be awake. 
They appear to be engaged. They appear to be fully functioning, but they're not. They're sleepwalking. And I I want this series, we kicked it off last week, to be a wake-up call for you, for myself, and for this body, for this church. And here's the verse that we kicked this series off. We'll probably read it at least once every week. Uh, and I want you to read it with me. And again, depending on how enthusiastically you read it with me, will depend on how many times we read this scripture. So how many say we can do this in one go? I, I have faith. How many like, Pastor Kelly, I'm just asleep. I'm not going to raise my hand for nothing. I don't care. Anybody want free donuts? Oh, yeah, there we go, there we go. Here we go. Now read this with me. Wake up, O oh sleeper. Rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you life. That was awesome, but I think we can do better. I mean, that was good. Don't get me wrong, but, but good is the enemy of great. And I think we can do great. Here we go. Let's try it again. Wake up. That was so stinking good. I think I'm awake. Uh, the wake up, wake up comes from the Greek word agaro. Here's what it means to arouse from the sleep of death, to recall the dead to life. Maybe the meaning of that is what caused the passion to paraphrase that scripture like this. Arise, you sleeper, rise up from your coffin and the anointed one will shine his light into you. Arise, get up out of your coffin. Get up out of that grave. Get up out of that rut you've been in. And Christ, the anointed one, will shine his light in you. Do you know who Paul's talking to here? The church. Not uh, people that don't know. He is talking to the church. And, And here's the thing. It's one thing to be asleep in the dark. It's another thing when the church is asleep in the light. One of my favorite uh artist, man, back in the day, 70s, 80s, a guy named Keith Green. Power. I mean, he was a modern-day prophet, the guy was. Incredible. And one of the reasons I I really liked him, I I took a lot of my piano playing after him, and Denise will tell you that's one of the things besides my incredibly good looks that attracted her to me was my piano that I played like Keith Green. That wasn't supposed to be that funny, folks. Come on. Um, But in 1978, he put out one of my favorite albums, No Compromise. And I mean, it has songs like Dear John, Letter to the Devil, which, oh, I love that song. And and, and all these uh, uh, different songs. But one of them was Asleep in the Light. And I want to read you the lyrics to that. He says, do you see, do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care, don't you care, are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. He then goes on. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. You know, it's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one hurts. No one even sheds one tear. But he cries. He weeps. He bleeds. And he cares for your needs. And you just lay back and keep soaking it in. Wow. But here's the verse that hits me. The world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? Jesus rose from the grave and you can't even get out of bed. Just let that sink in. 
Jesus rose from the grave, and you can't even get out of bed. It's one thing to be asleep in the dark, but it's another when the church followers of Jesus are asleep in the light. So let's talk about sleep. What is it? What, I mean, we know what it is. But I, I've got four things, four, four things about sleep that I think are very important for us to realize, four truths. If you're taking notes, here's your three talks. Oh, he, oh you're like, and I found this next part very interesting. It is almost as if we are trying to build an emotional blanket fort to transport us Back to childhood where we were under the pretense that no one could harm us under those covers. A lot of people use sleep as a coping mechanism. Simone Biles, anybody remember the Olympic athlete, gymnast? In one interview she said, I found myself sleeping a lot to cope with the sexual abuse that I'd been under. People use sleep to cope with pain, anxiety, Fear, and it can become a coping mechanism. The third thing about sleep, too much sleep can be dangerous. In fact, experts say, listen, that not, not only not getting enough sleep can be dangerous, but getting too much sleep can be almost just as dangerous. Uh, according to the National Sleep Foundation, anybody like to have that job? Some of y'all know. Uh, they say a normal healthy sleep pattern is in the range of seven to nine hours. That seems unrealistic, right, for a lot of us. Uh, in fact, they say it's closer to seven hours and even links seven hours of sleep per night to longevity and better brain function. So while sleeping in every now and then on the weekends won't have any long-term effect, regularly sleeping in, they say, can damage and have effect uh, and, and can either add to or lead to depression, which we talked about, increased inflammation and pain, cognitive impairment, meaning you don't think clearly. It can uh, uh, lead to or add to impaired fertility. Some of y'all trying to get pregnant, sleep a little more. Work a little less. Oh, no, y'all not with me. Higher, uh, another thing, higher risk of obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke, and a higher death rate. Look what Proverbs 6, 9, 11 says. I felt, when I read this, I thought, this is reminding me so much of when Sheridan was a teenager. And so it said this, but you, where's it at? But you, all you do is sleep. <laughs> Come on, anybody got a teenager kid? That's all you feel like. But, but when will you wake up? Let me sleep a little longer. Sure, just a little more. And as you sleep, poverty creeps upon you like a robber and destroys you. What's he saying? He's saying, wake up. Because you're sleeping through this life and it is robbing you of opportunities. It is robbing you uh, of things that could be happening in your life. It's time that you wake up. The fourth and final thing about sleep is this. When you sleep, yeah, you're still breathing, but you're not aware and you're not engaged with the people around you. You're not aware really of your surroundings, of what's going on. You're familiar with the expression of sleep at the will. I mean, what it refers to is someone that's driving, like we talked about a while ago, they fall asleep while they're driving, but it also refers to someone not paying attention to potential problems, but also potential opportunities. 
You see, when, when I, anybody else like me, when I go to sleep, I am dead to the world. Uh, anybody else like that? My wife is a light sleeper. Remember the earthquake? Woke her right up. You know what woke me up? Denise. <laughs> what is that? It's you. It's what it is. <laughs> I was sleeping good. I am. I, I mean, I'm dead to the world. If, if somebody breaks into their house, I'm like, hey, right there's a gun. Wait, you know, if you don't, can't wake me up in time, you know, snap, click, 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 boom, in the words of saliva. Uh, anyway, let's go. <laughs> Can anybody get to, nobody gets a reference. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Click, click. Anyway. But I am, and, and here's the thing, so many people, they're walking through this life asleep. In here even, you're breathing. You've got all the signs of life. It looks like you're aware. It looks like you're engaged. But you're sleepwalking right into dangerous situations. You're sleepwalking into dangerous relationships. Come on. You're sleepwalking into dangerous environments. But not only that, you're sleeping walk, sleepwalking through a lot of great opportunities that God is trying to lay before you. Wake up. Wake up. I have four things. I want to close out today's message, and I've still got a little way to go, so don't get excited, Pastor Ben. Um, but one area of your life that I believe God is calling every one of us to wake up to, I don't care if you're a new Christian, if you're not a Christian at all, if you've been a Christian for 50 years, I believe God is calling us to wake up. Let's look at uh, Ephesians 5.14 again. Arise, you sleeper. Rise up from your coffin, and the anointed one will shine his light into you. Again, Paul's talking to the church. Uh, four verses right before that, verse 10, Paul goes to this to tell him, hey, you want to know how to please God? You, you, or you want to do something for God? Find out what pleases him. Find out what he likes. Then do it. Do it. And the, he's telling the church, and then that's where he follows up. In order to do that, in order to find out what pleases God to do it, you got to wake up. You got to be aware of your surroundings. You got to be aware of the presence of God. And then Paul says this in verse 15 through 17. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I love the way uh, J.B. Phillips translates this passage. He says it this, live life then with a due sense of responsibility. I want you to get that in you. Live life with a due sense of responsibility. Not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. He says, make the best use of your time. Despite all the difficulties of these days, despite all the difficulties of 2020, come on, don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. He says, guys, wake up. You need to begin to live your life with a due sense of responsibility. Kennedy and Tyler, they're, they're out uh, uh, schools, Bethel School of Ministry, and uh, they, they had a registration this week. And, and on one of her pictures, I saw this. And I'd heard Stephanie Gretzinger say this a couple years ago to be, at a Bethel concert, uh, conference. It said this, we owe the world an encounter with the living God. 
We need to wake up to the due sense of responsibility that we owe the people we work with, the people we go to school with, the people we do life with, the people in our neighborhood. We owe them an encounter with the living God. They don't need religion. Are you hearing me? They don't need religion. They don't need your judgment. They need an encounter with the living God. That's what they need. And we need to wake up that. Paul says, make the best out of your time. I know it's ugly out there. I know people are losing their dang mind. But you, don't be vague about what's going on and your purpose in this life. Wake up, find out what pleases God, and do it. Here's your wake-up call. Wake up spiritually. Spiritually. Wake up to that relationship with God. Let me clarify that. Because now in their world, everybody is all about spirituality. And you can say God all you want. But the moment you say Jesus, it changes the narrative. I'm a fan, and maybe this is one of my guilty pleasures, of Big Brother. Nobody at all is even going to admit to it. Uh, I, I watch it, and I watch this this uh, Muslim guy talk on, on, on the show of this other person, and tell them, "Yes, yeah, basically, we all serve the God. We're all just getting to Him in different paths." Jesus said, "This there is no other way to the Father but through Me. There is no other way." So we can talk about spirituality. We can talk about God. But let me make, we need to wake up to this relationship with Jesus. And that's when I say wake up spiritually. That's what I'm talking about. Can I, can I be brutally honest with you? Oh, over the past six months, I felt myself nodding off spiritually. I, I felt myself just like, come on, Kelly. Shake it off. Shake it off. You, you can get through this. I've watched uh, some of our staff and leadership trying to rub the sleep out of their eyes. I've watched it. I've watched uh, some of you sleepwalking here on Sundays and Wednesdays. I watched their volunteers, some of them, just going through the motions, just calling it in. And just going through it. I've watched us get distracted by COVID. I've watched us get distracted by the riots and by the social injustice, by social media. I've watched us get distracted by the upcoming election. And we've, we've allowed ourselves to get distracted by these things that are keeping us from really living the purposeful life that God intended us to live by. Are you hearing me, church? I'll, I'll say that for another day. I had some. And God is saying, wake up. Your community needs you to wake up. Your family needs you to wake up. The people you work with need you to wake up. You know, sometimes the Bible will, will take physical sleep and use it as a metaphor for spiritual sleep or for, for people that are in a condition or state of where they're unaware of God, unaware of his purposes, or for people that used to be aware but they've drifted off. They've nodded off. And I believe that modern church has made Christianity kind of confusing. And to be honest, I believe we've watered it down. Because here's the truth. Real, true relationship with God, with Jesus, is more than just praying a prayer, 
getting your get out of hell card free, uh, get out of hell free card, uh, more than the slate clean. Christianity is more than those things. A relationship with God is more than those things. But that's what we've pretty much boiled it down to, even myself. That's more than that. Jesus in John 17, uh, 3, he's talking to his disciples. He said, guys, you want to know what eternal, real eternal life is about? You want to know what a real walk, what a real spiritual waking is about? And this is what he says to them. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, God. That they know, know you, God. And they know me, the son you've sent. He says, you don't want to know the way to eternal life? It's to know God, to know Jesus. Now, the word know there, it's not talking about a bunch of knowledge. Come on. It's not talking about a bunch of trivia about God and about the Bible, about being able to quote off. In fact, the word know uh, comes from the Greek word gnosko. Vines, uh, Expositary says this about it. It means to feel it in your body, to become aware of the fact. Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? The moment she touched Jesus' the hem, she immediately knew something was different in her. And, and, and here's what it says, gnosko is also a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between a husband and wife, to know. When Jesus says, you want to know the way to eternal life? Know God. He's not saying study and memorize all the Bible verses, do that. He said, no, know God. No. There are things that Denise knows about me that none of you will ever know, Ever. She knows my likes, my dislikes. She knows how to push my buttons. Come on. She's proud of that. She knows what I like to eat, what I don't like to eat, uh, places I like to go, places I don't like to go. She knows if something's off or something's bothering me or wrong with me without me saying a word. Here's what I'm saying. Denise Gnosko's me. She knows me. I've told this story uh, uh, before, but it's probably the best illustration that I could think of uh, to kind of get you to understand. A few years ago, Denise and myself and um, uh, our daughter April and her husband Josh went and saw Keith Urban at Thompson Bowling Arena. And, man, and, and, uh, man we had good seats. Uh, see, when I was younger, I wanted on the floor, but now... I want to be able to just sit down at certain times in a concert and enjoy it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, oh, hold on a minute. Because uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm at that age. Uh, but we had great seats. We were like four rows off the floor uh, right there just looking at the stage. And we had a knowledge about Keith Urban. We knew his songs. Uh, we knew, I, I knew the record, the, the company that he was signed with. Had all this knowledge. And, and during, during that concert, got, ladies, get this. We're standing up there. Keith Urban makes his way off the stage. And he's coming. He's got his guitar and he's playing. He's coming in our direction. Right in front of us. So Denise and, and April, it's not, hey, baby, let, let me get by you. It's like, let me get up there. <laughs> she gets up there and, and I'm there. She's like, <laughs> Keith touches her hand. 
It was a good night in the Goins house that night. That's all I got to say. Ah. But she died. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> here's, here's what I'm saying. Man, we sung his songs and these, we were in the same room with him. Then he's touched his hand. Now, imagine Denise and I showing up at his house in Nashville. We're out there outside the gate, buzzing the door. Uh, who is that? Hey, Keith, remember me and Denise? We were in the same room with you. You touched her hand. Uh, I don't know you. Glad you were there. Glad you enjoyed the show and my songs. But I, I don't know you. And it hurts me to think that a lot of people in church are the same way. They know the songs. They know the lyrics. They've been in the same room with God. They've even touched and experienced Him at one point. But that's it. They don't know God. And Jesus says, you want to know what eternal life is? It's to know. Gnosko. To know God. See, here's the thing. You can be around spiritual things, around spiritual people, and still be asleep to the Spirit. I'll show you a story, Luke 9. You, you read throughout the cha whole chapter of Luke, and I'll give you a brief summary, man. Luke 1, 9, 1 through 9, those verses, is Jesus sending out his 12 disciples, 10 through 17. Uh, is Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the five loaves and two fish. Verses 18 through 20, Jesus says, hey, who do people say I am? Who do, who do, who do they think I am? And they're like, oh, well, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say prophets from way back. And, and then that's when Peter says, hey, and Jesus says, who do you, who do you say I am? And that's when Peter, man, says, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And in verses 21 through 27, Jesus predicts his own death. Has this conversation there in, in chapter 9 of those verses. About eight days later, after that talk with his disciples, Jesus takes three of his closest friends. You got Peter, James, and John. He takes them up to the mountain to pray. Now, you got to be thinking, Peter, James, and John are feeling pretty good about themselves. Jesus didn't ask the other ones. He only, we must be prayer warriors. That's why Jesus asked us to go. We're his favorite. And Jesus invites them up there. When you read it, man, Jesus is praying, and Moses and Elijah appear. They appear. And what the Bible says is glorious splendor. And, they, and Jesus and these two heroes of the faith begin to have this conversation. Peter, James, and John are there. Me, if I'm there, I'm, I'm like this. Are you believe, can you believe what we're saying? This is insane. Look what it says about them. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. Not only are they in the presence of the Messiah, but two heroes of the faith, Moses and Elijah. It says they were sleepy. They were having a hard time not nodding off. But look how the rest of this verse plays out. Peter 
and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing there. When they became fully awake, that's when they saw Jesus and the heroes of the faith. I'm worried that a lot of times we come into this church and we'll see other people experience a move of God and we walk out. And I'm wondering if it's because we're not fully awake to what God is doing. If we're not able to experience the true presence of God because we're not fully awake. We're sleepwalking. And we sleepwalk through life. I had a conversation with a young man right after the service. He said, he said, Pastor, could I just get a couple minutes? He said, I've grown up in church. I've been to hundreds of services. And he says, he says, I, I, I love God. I, I go on mission trips. I serve. He said, but I, when you said sleepwalking, I thought, that's me. I don't know what my purpose is in life. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I want to know, I want to live my life with purpose and meaning. And I have a feeling that's what a lot of people are. They're just not fully awake. I'm convinced Man, that the where you work, the people in your life, your family could experience a move of God if we were to be fully awake. I, I'm fully convinced that if we were fully awake spiritually, that you wouldn't pick up the phone and call me or D or somebody else when a family member was sick. You would say, God's got this. And you would lay hands and begin to pray and see God work. Fully awake. What are we missing out on because we're, I mean, these three guys, they were so close to Jesus. They were, I mean, they walked within three years. They're standing, and yet they were sleepy. They weren't fully awake. Man, that's my prayer for you today. It's my prayer for this church. If I can get our team to come on. That's my prayer for WB Kids Ministry for them to be fully awake spiritually. Fully awake. That when you get them back, there's so much life inside of them. They're, they're, they're spitting out verses. They're spitting out worship songs. They're, even if they get it wrong. Who was my favorite? I think it was uh, um, English that posted where one of her sons had got, got it mixed up and said, uh, Jesus gave God slime or something like that. He was getting, I said, listen, hey, he's halfway there. He's halfway there. They're getting it. I pray that for 412, that our, our youth will be so full of God and so fully awake that they would get on our ever-loving nerves. Come on. That they've got so much God energy that we're like, I Something's going to change me. I can't keep up. I pray that over you. Over you. I'm praying and believing there's going to come a moment, church, where you quit. You don't just show up here out of tradition. You don't just show up here because it's the thing you should do in the South on a Sunday. Let's get it out of the way. I pray there's going to come a day when you come in here. And Bob and them begins to sing, How Great Is Our God. And you're like, 
my gosh, he is great. He is that merciful. He is that holy. What have I been doing? I've been showing up here at church on Sundays and I've been missing out on this. God, wake me up to the fullness of you. Stand with me across this room. I'm praying if the day comes and you become fully awake, fully alive, and church and Christianity is not something you just do out of habit or tradition. But it is your life. You breathe him in. You breathe him out. You breathe in God. You exhale life. I, want to, I didn't do this at 9 a.m. I'm going to do it right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I believe there are those in this service right here that when it comes to waking up spiritually, you need to take the first step and just surrender your life to God and start a relationship with Him today. That's what you need to do. And I'm asking you if you would be bold enough to say, Kelly, that's what I need to do. I, I don't really have a relationship with Christ. L look at me real quick because I know we're in the South. But let me be clear on what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a prayer you prayed when you were eight, nine years old in VBS where somebody got up and scared the hell out of you. So you thought, let me pray a prayer and, and get this. I'm asking you, was there a time when you knowingly reached that state where you said, God, I'm broken and I need you. I need to start, I, I need a relationship. I don't need religion. I need a relationship with you. And you ask him, come in and change me. Was there ever a time like that? Not mama's prayers, not daddy's or grandmother. Your prayer, you cried out to God. You said, God, I'm broken. God, you said, God, I can't do this on my own. You said, God, I'm a mess. And if you can make anything out of this, I'm yours. Was there ever, ever that time? Now heads bowed. If not, today's your day. Even at home, if you're watching online, if you've not, today's your day. If that's you, you need to say, Kelly, Pastor, man, that's me. I want to come alive to God today. I, 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 want, I, I want a spiritual awakening in me, and I want to know that Jesus is my Savior and that I am His. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Yes, sir, in the back. Keep them up. Yes, right up here. Yeah, anybody else? Come on. Come on. Now, here's what I'm going to do. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray with you. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer, but you're not going to pray it alone. Our Watts Bar family is going to pray, pray it very loud so you'll know you're not alone in this walk. Pray it with me. Dear Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the wake-up call. And today, I confess to you, I'm broken. I'm lost. I can't do this. 
without you. So I ask that you forgive all my sins, past, present, future. I am yours. And I declare that today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I'll, I'll say this. If you pray that prayer, whether you raise your hand, fill out a card. This is not so we can keep tabs of our numbers. You are not a number to us. What we want to do is help you in this walk. What we want to do is come along beside you and say, hey, what do we need to do? What do we need to do about this? Let's help you. And we want to get you connected. That's the only reason. It's, you are not a number for us. You are someone God deeply cares about. And we want you to grow in your walk. It would be about like me and Denise if we had a baby and they said, hey, you good? See in a few years. And expect that baby to be all right. Church has been guilty of too long of doing that spiritually. And no, I, I want to come along and help you grow. Help you get the nourishment you need. Because how I many know there's a lot of spiritual junk food out there? Come on, that is no good for your body or your mind. Next thing, no heads bowed. I just need you to be brutally honest with yourself and with God. Kelly, if I'm being honest, I have fallen asleep spiritually. Or maybe you've not fallen completely asleep. You're in that mid-stage where you're just trying to wake up, trying to rub the cobwebs out, trying to get the, 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 the sleep out of your eyes and, and where you can refocus. And you say, Kelly, man, Pastor, I want to be fully alive to God. I want to be fully aware of his presence, whether I'm at home, whether I'm at the grocery store, whether I'm at work. I want to be fully aware of the presence of God because here's the thing, contrary to popular belief, the presence of God doesn't just abide in this room. In fact, you are the church and you should be taking the presence of God wherever you go. Wherever you go. I tell you, Chad, you woke up last week, didn't you? Isn't it funny how God will let you reach your bottom to wake you up? You're one of the few. <laughs> woke up last week grew up with Chad Casey and Chad were best friends growing Chad shows up at my house Sunday Saturday and then he says hey you remember Chad I said absolutely he said he's here and wants to talk to you Chad woke up he, he started he started waking up but it was Sunday morning when he came in here and came up through this altar and rededicated his life to God, that he really woke up. Now he's part of Grace House. Brian, I'm expecting big things from Grace House. Listen, man, God's going to use you in ways you never asked to be used. 
You never asked for it. He, I, I, and this, see, Denise and I, we never asked for this. In fact, if we, we would tell you, we didn't want this because we didn't feel like we were adequate, good enough, spiritual enough. And God is saying this to you. You may not feel like you're adequate enough, spiritual enough, got it all together enough, but he is sending you to, you may not even want what he's about to put on your shoulders, but what he's about to put on your shoulders is going to change and shape the lives of many more throughout the years. Don't walk away from it. Don't walk away. Don't walk away. God is waking up some more people. This call that a man, you know, manned up here saying, asking for volunteers. You know what she was actually saying? If you call this place home, wake up and serve. Wake up and get involved. Wake up. Wake up. If you say, Kelly, you know what, man? I have been kind of just, I'm being honest. I've been sleepwalking the past six months. I've been sleepwalking the past six years. And I felt a call to wake up. And I want God to wake up the spirit man, the spirit woman. I want him to wake that up inside of me. So I am so keenly aware of his presence, of who he wants me to speak to, of where he wants me to go. I want to be so keenly keenly aware. And I'm saying today, God, wake me up if that's you. Come on. Come on. Get him up. Get him up if that's you. I I know we've got to have more. Because if we had this many people in this place that were woke, is that the phrase? It just doesn't sound right to me. If there would be revival going on. Curtis, Leslie, the day is coming when you're going to see, and I know this is going to be so stinking uncomfortable for you, there in your diner, there at the restaurant on the lake, there at the bar when God's going to say, hey, hey, go pray and speak this word of life over you. And I believe a guy drinking a beer is going to suddenly come awake. Come awake. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hands up. And I just want us to pray this prayer that Sheridan sang earlier. And I want you to mean it and pray it, sing it loud. Come on, Sheridan.